You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. I'm Faraz. I'm here with Zach. Uh, we got a lot to talk about when it comes to what happened in Week 13. Week 14 is right around the corner. We got one more game tonight. Monday Night Football, Saints and Bucks. And then we got Week 14. The week yeah. that determines it all of whether we're going to make it to the fantasy football playoffs or not. Literally, like, everyone who listens to this podcast, me... And you, Zach. Yeah. We spend a lot of time on fantasy football. And yeah. when we don't make the playoffs, kind of sucks a, a little look. bit. Because, yeah, it's a bad look because uh, it's like, <laughs> you know, what have you been doing with all this time that you could have been uh, putting somewhere else, put it to better use, you know? <laughs> um, hey, man, listen, like for me, you know, the only way I could justify it you know, playing this much fantasy football to my wife is by by creating a business around it. Like that was yeah. the only way. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I, I, I hear completely. For me, that's the only way I could justify it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's what we did. So that's that's awesome. But um, yeah, the old adage. You know, I I'm gonna be probably in a winning your in scenario in our league. You know, I guess the old adage: coaches don't play. <laughs> I mean, we just hear coach and everybody up, and we don't have much to show for. I will say, in the followers league, I'm doing all right. But the one that's that one I don't have any money riding on. That was just for you know bragging rights or whatever. I'm doing all right in that league, um, and then in the important league that we have, the only league that matters, aptly named. Um, like I said, it's winning you're in. And then my one league with my other friends, I, I'm just doing terrible. I haven't had any luck. Lamar Jackson just went down. The, the hits just keep coming. Um, so it's, it's it's fun. Yeah, we play a lot of fantasy football here. Um, I think we get caught up in it sometimes. Like you said, we overthink it. We overanalyze. And then that's happened a couple of times this, this season to me. And I think to you, like you said, you overanalyzed. You kept Christian Watson out. That one week, I remember you were you said you were tilting. That was the one highlight that I remember of this podcast so yeah. far this season. I, I, I was tilting. And you know what? You know, I'm glad at least I have Christian Watson, right? Because yeah. Christian Watson since then has absolutely been killing it. Right. And we'll get there. We'll talk Christian Watson, you know, but I want to talk about the Jets first. Can we talk about the Jets yeah. real quick? Yeah, no problem. Because, you know, listen. Yeah. My, my Jets, like, they, 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 they were in the game, right? They, they went down a little early, right? I think it yeah. was 17 to 3 early in the game. Uh, but they came back. They made this a game. They almost had a chance to win at the very end. Mike White yeah. threw for 369 yards, okay, against the Vikings. This was the Vikings. I get it, you know. But mm. I don't see this quarterback situation changing at all, you know, moving forward. Like, no. as of right now, like, Mike White's looking like a very capable quarterback, you know, despite the two interceptions. I think one was like a tight window that got, you know, tipped, you know, and then the safety got the interception. And the other one was like at the very end of the game 
when they were trying to win it, you know, they were in the red zone and, you know, he had to, it was fourth down. He had to throw it in there. He had to throw it up. He had to throw it up into the end zone and it got picked. So yeah, the Jets did have a chance to win at the end. They almost came through. It didn't happen. But Garrett Wilson, another great game with Mike White, 15 targets, eight catches, 162 yards. He almost had another huge touchdown play if Mike White didn't overthrow him by a little bit. Yeah, um, that was but that the, one hurt watching. <laughs> that one hurt. If you had Garrett Wilson, you're just like, oh my god, that, that would have been a 40 point game right there, you know. But yeah. he he's an alpha wide receiver, you know, in the NFL already. And the schedule the rest of the way is pretty 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 good. And I think I think he's a wide receiver to start, you know. The rest of the way, just like we we ranked him as a wide receiver too this past week, um, and you know you got Buffalo next week, which I'm not scared about that matchup at all. Um, that's a solid matchup. Detroit, yeah, Jacksonville, and Seattle. He he could be that's- not only is he bringing people to the playoffs, but he could win people championships. Yeah, that's a perfect schedule. If you're, you know, Garrett Wilson, that's that's a bunch of shootouts probably going to be. I mean, you know, the Bills defense, for all they're cracked up to be, they've been actually allowing a lot of points, you know, recently. So we're, they're not the same, I don't think, without Von Miller. Um, it looks like they're going to be a little bit more um, vulnerable to these playmakers. And the Jets offense, like I said, you talk about Mike White. I don't see this quarterback situation changing at all. I think you should ride Mike White to the end because this game, they were competitive in this game. I bet if Zach Wilson plays, they're not even competitive. I bet they put up 10 Agreed. points max. And, you know, obviously we can, you know, look at the game that he started last, Zach Wilson. It was just an abomination, you know, that maybe we give him a little bit more of a bad rap than he deserves because he is still a young quarterback. But the fact is Mike White's doing his thing. And he's making this offense relevant. It was – I thought the Jets should have won. I mean, they were down – was it three times in the red zone the last, like, six minutes? It might have been two times. I don't know. But they had a bunch of chances down in the red zone. And they, I think they had, like, two goal line stands from Minnesota. It was just – yeah. It was ridiculous. They were inches away from a win, and it's not like the Jets are a bad team. Um, they're definitely going to be con- continuing to compete. But with with Mike White and Garrett Wilson, like you said, he was obviously you know an alpha wide receiver in the league. He just wasn't getting the production. But now the production's there because Mike White throws the ball to the playmakers. And like you said, we talked about we're going to talk about here soon. You know, even Cor- Corey Davis and Elijah Moore were getting in on the fun, even though not they weren't necessarily catching a bunch of passes. They were definitely involved. And it looks like Mike White's going to make them relevant moving forward, too. Yeah, and, and you mentioned Corey Davis. I, I think he needs to be paid attention to uh, as well. He's coming back from an injury. He saw 10 targets in this game. Now, you know, 10 targets is a great number, but keep in mind that Mike White threw it 57 times. So, yeah. you know, it's only a 17.5% target share. Uh, but he has 75% rap participation, which is solid. You know who else had a 75% rap participation? Elijah Moore. Yeah. Uh, but only two catches for seven yards on six targets. So womp womp. Um, but I'm still paying attention to Elijah Moore. You know, seems like based on that usage right there, he's out of the doghouse, which is kind of what you want to see. So I think he is worth rostering at this point. I think if he's on waivers, I don't think we really have to spend much to get him because he didn't do anything in this game. Um, but I think right. he's worth putting on benches to see what happens moving forward. I mentioned the schedule. We know his talent. And, you know, maybe I'm beating a dead, dead horse here. Who knows? But yeah, the usage hasn't been this high in terms of route participation since, like, week six. Right. Do, like do, that, you think, you know? do you think Elijah Moore being in the doghouse is more of a problem with him requesting a trade? Or do you think it was Zach Wilson all along? Because, I mean, obviously he's getting more playing time. He's not, you know, like lighting it up with Mike White but he's definitely getting more looks. You know, obviously he scored last week. He's looked better than he has all season with Mike White at quarterback. Do you think Zach Wilson was a problem? 
Because it seems like no. he's doing better. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think it was a problem. I think in terms of rap participation, it was it, it came directly after he, he he you know, that trade request did not sit well with the locker room, with the coaches, with anybody. And the next game, he didn't play. They sat him in that game. They just, he was inactive. The game after that, he played a, just a handful of snaps. And then it just went up uh, just by a hair, you know, every game. And then now finally he's back. So it's, it, it reminds me of the, what Kyle Shanahan did with Brandon Ayuk not last year. Um, and that's why oh, right. I, yeah. I'm, call, I'm calling for a Brandon Ayuk career arc for Elijah Moore. <laughs> um, and I think next year, I think he can do his thing just like Ayuk is right now and i think you never know man in the fantasy playoffs i wouldn't be surprised if more starts putting up numbers based on the fact that you know he's getting more playing time and he hasn't seen this much playing time for a couple months now <laughs> so like yeah. yeah if zach wilson was quarterback right now and he was getting this type of usage i would not care like i would leave yeah. him on waivers but the fact that mike white you know is capable of of putting up numbers and you know making his wide receivers fantasy relevant then um it piques my interest a little bit yeah, something about Jets quarterbacks and throwing the ball over 50 times. You know, Joe Flacco's doing it, you know, earlier this season. Now it's Mike White. But the thing is, you know, 50 attempts, you'd think it was like all garbage time. But this was, you know, like quality, you know, targets. They're not just chucking up downfield and they're not inflating targets by throwing it downfield and that's all they're getting. You know, they're not actually catching any passes. They were moving the ball. Like you said, Mike White threw for 369 yards. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was 505 yards total as a team that the Jets had yeah. or something over 500 yards. Like, of course, it's Minnesota's defense, but, you know, these this offense where it was a wasteland, you know, just two weeks ago is suddenly, you know, super fancy conducive with Mike White. And he's made all the difference for these receivers. Another guy who might make a difference is Zonovan Knight. 15 yeah. carries for 90 yards, caught all five of his targets for 28 yards, 20 touches, 55% of snaps. This is kind of what I expected coming into this game. And he was efficient against a rushing defense who was not letting running backs be efficient on a per-carry basis against them. Uh, James Robinson had only four carries for 10 yards in this game. He was a non-factor. Uh, Ty Johnson, one carry, seven targets, so he is being used in the pass game. But the Jets had four goal line snaps in this game. Not Knight saw all of them. He even had 40% of the two-minute work. So he's a solid RB2 next week against Buffalo uh, if Michael Carter misses again. Uh, Carter didn't practice at all last week. He was pretty much ruled out early, uh, you know, relatively. He wasn't a game-time decision or anything like that. It's possible he's out again this week. But, you know, when Carter's back, even if it's this week, whatever, I wouldn't be surprised if Knight continues to be the lead back here. Yeah, I, I can see him holding on to the same workload that he had this week. You know, Michael Carter might replace what Ty Johnson did. And obviously, I think maybe Michael Carter gets, you know, more than one carry. But sure. he's gonna be he's gonna be supplementary in the receiving and you know ground game. But Zonovan Knight, I think he's done enough. You know he should be one of at least, if at many, two running backs in this backfield. You know instead of getting the majority of the reps. Like Zonovan Knight, he looked really good. I think if you take Ty Johnson's workload and you give that to Zonovan Knight, you know you're looking at like a 24 point, 25 point performance, and that would be humongous. You know we'd be ranking him maybe as a low end RB one. But right now, yeah. just because there's that ambiguity with who's going to be starting in the backfield, you know, he's going to have to be an, an RB2, you know, for next week. But like we said, Buffalo's match, Buffalo, their matchup next week isn't that bad. James Robinson was a non-factor. I, that was kind of disappointing for me. I just feel bad for James Robinson. I keep saying this every time. He gets like a couple carries and that's it. But they traded for him and it doesn't look like they're going to use him now because they discovered Zonvin Knight. And obviously, I think Zonvin Knight, you know, the youth and his, you know, dynamic ability is better than James Robinson. He deserves to be 
uh, leading the backfield. So, yeah, as long as this offense continues to play like it has been, even though they're, they lost this game to Minnesota, yeah, there's no reason not to think that he can't get it done for you, especially if you pick yeah. him up on the waivers. You know, you're, you're psyched. You know, this guy's going to help you uh, run to the playoffs. Even if he gets like 15 touches and then we know that he's getting all the goal line work on an offense that's improving, uh, we, we talked yeah. about the matchups. There's going to be a lot of scoring. Uh, he could be, even when Michael Carter comes back, he could still be used. So yeah. uh, I'm excited to see what he can do rest of season. Najee Harris came back. He seemed healthy. <laughs> Apparently, you know, 68% <laughs> of snaps. You know, this split turned into, you know, what it was before and Najee, uh, before Najee and Warren got hurt. Uh, but Najee handled all of the early down and goal line work, and Jalen Warren handled the passing downs, which is basically the role that they had before. Um, and in in Najee's last three games, he's averaged 4.5 yards a carry or more. Um, and th- that's his last three healthy games, I should say. Yeah. Um, because he didn't do that the week before. But he's a low-end RB2 moving forward. Uh, but unfortunately, he won't be one next week in my rankings against Baltimore. I, I would probably be avoiding that offense in general next week. Yeah, the offense with the Steelers, it's not going to be super fancy conducive. You're not going to have a bunch of big performers from this on a weekly basis. But Najee Harris, it just sucks because before the injury, I kind of took him out of the game, you know, for a little bit. He was looking more like Najee Harris of yesteryear. You know, and now he's been knocked down the totem pole. He's now back to his token 10 points per week. You know, that's really disappointing. I was really, I'm, I was upset to see that. The only thing is, though, he did look, like you said, much better on the carries that he got. He didn't get a whole lot of receiving work, so that kind of, you know, strung him down a little bit. But did you see that stiff arm that he laid on um, Richie Grant? Ooh. Did you see oh, that? Oh, yeah. Nasty. That was great. Nasty. Yeah. So he's definitely still got that capability. You know, we know what he can do. He has that capability to be the running back that he was last season. But um, I, I was kind of surprised, you know, that he came out and didn't do better because it wasn't a bad matchup. But – um. Like I said, he gave, he gave you 10 points. That's what you've been expecting from him all season. And that's what he's going to continue to do. I, I don't think he's going to be ranked. I think his ceiling is right back where it was, where he talked about. I, I think his ceiling is like mid RB2. And, that, and that's a high, yeah. that's like the high point now. But, um, you know, Jalen Warren. I, dude, it, it, go ahead. If I can get, if I can get high end RB2 out of Najee, that's like a miracle. Yeah, that, that's honest, a miracle. That's what I'm saying. Especially like, because Jalen Warren is getting the passing down snaps. Like, you know, a lot of the value that Najee had last year was, you know, because of the fact that he was playing like 95% of snaps and getting all the work. Remember, he got, was it 84 targets, 74 receptions? Like, that was heavily, it looks like now it's heavily inflating his value. It looked like that was just a nice part of his game. That might have been inflating his value, you know, because we talked about it last season that he wasn't efficient on the ground. And now he's starting to look a little bit more efficient these last few games. But, you know, the receiving work hasn't been there, and that's come through. And we've seen that with Najee, that he hasn't had that upside at all this season. He had one good game against Cincinnati in terms of fantasy output. Um, but outside of that, he, he's been pretty much a non-factor. Something interesting happened this game with Pat Fryermuth. Um, his route participation plummeted. It's actually, you know, low-key, you know, gone down a little bit just by a hair each of the last two weeks. It wasn't too concerning. It went down to 71% last week. And then yesterday on Sunday, it went all the way down to 55% route participation. Zach Gentry, for whatever reason, ran a bunch of routes in this game with Frymuth off the field. So just when you thought you had a good thing, right? You have a tight yeah. end, you're starting every single week. And, you know, the production was okay this week because he did have that big catch, broke a tackle, and was able to, like, run up that sideline for a big play. But if that didn't happen, you're not looking at a 
you know, decent week. But, you know, hopefully this goes back up next week. Hopefully this is a one-game blip. Um, but yeah. if, if the route participation stays around 55%, even 60%, like, that's not good. Like, we don't want him to fall into the tier of tight end streamers. Like, Brian Woods is very talented, but yeah. talent doesn't always overcome this type of thing. Yeah, it doesn't overcome Matt Canada and his offense. It's just not yeah. good. With, with the Steelers, you know, he's obviously, you know, they have other weapons, you know, in the receiving game. They have Deontay Johnson. They have George Pickens. But Zach Gentry, what is he doing on the field over Pat Frymuth? And, and like we said, running routes. I get it if you bring Zach Gentry on the field and that inflates his snap count to be a blocker. You know, maybe, sure. maybe, he's, maybe he's a better blocker. But Pat Frymuth, he's like... I don't want to say your best weapon, but maybe your most reliable weapon just because of his size and the way that he operates. You know, he's a very reliable receiver. And even though he had this low snap snap count, he still finished. He could he's in line to finish as a tight end seven this week. You know, it's still a tight end <laughs> one finish because um, he had 76 yards on just three catches. But um, his target share has gone way down these past few weeks um, from week seven to 11. He had nine, seven, seven and 12 targets. And then the past two weeks, he has nine total. I don't know what's going on with the offense. Um, it hasn't really come. Nothing has really changed. That's making me think that there's something that's causing this underlying thing that we're going to be able to determine whether it's going to go up or not. But we definitely need to see this, you know, snap share go back up because if it doesn't, like you said, it's going to be a collection, like just an absolute collection of players in the streaming in the streaming scene for the tight end position. It's just ridiculous. And with all the injuries now to tight ends too, it's just like there's nobody left. Seriously, you're just grasping at straws at this point. Yeah. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Courtland Sutton. Uh, he had a hamstring injury in this game, um, the Broncos game, and, and Jerry Judy is back. He's a little bit banged up as well. He didn't see a full-time role. He was on the snap count. But the injury to Sutton means that, you know, Judy can potentially be the guy moving forward, you know, be pretty fantasy relevant. Like, this offense isn't good, but in the PPR leagues, like, he could be a solid wide receiver three. I don't think he has a huge ceiling, but he could have a floor of, like, you know, 12 to 13 points in PPR and then, Anything more than that, you know, great. Uh, Greg Dulcich ended up leading the team in targets with eight. You know, he does run a lot of routes. He's been high in that route participation category. He's been quiet lately over the past couple of weeks before this week. But he's definitely worth rostering if anyone dropped him like me in my league last week. <laughs> so right. uh, a good a good matchups, though, for these guys uh, the next two weeks against Kansas City and Arizona. Yeah, no, I hear it. And, you know, if you're like Faraz and you dropped him, you know, we, you can't blame you because you look at his past three weeks, you know, before this, it was 2.7 points, 3 points in PPR. Like, you're not keeping that on your team, especially with but the way What about the rock participation, Zach? What, yeah, about, what about the rock participation? <laughs> this is the Broncos offense we're talking about. I don't care if his rock participation is 200% in a week. You know, it's not going to change <laughs> effect. He could get all those routes. He could run all those routes. He might get five quality targets. You know, that's, that's the problem. Seriously. So, Greg Dulcich, you know, he looked better. There's no telling what's going to happen in this offense on any given week. The only thing that's consistent is Latavius Murray getting 8 to 11 points. Um, Russell Wilson just doesn't look good. Um, the receivers are banged up, you know, with Jerry Judy and 
Cortland Sutton, it makes sense that he's going to see this uptick in targets. But um, yeah, I, I'm not relying on, you know, what's his name? Greg Dulcich, you know, the rest of the way and expecting him to have this type of production the rest of the way. Um, this was one of his better games. And he looked good to start, but it's, this offense is just not good enough to have guys that are going to be contributors down the stretch. Jerry Judy, you could take a shot on, like you said, as a wide receiver three. I think his upside caps out at wide receiver, low wide receiver two. That's that's about where I put him. Um, but Cortland yeah. Sutton, man, if you had him, and I have him in one league, and my brother has him in another league, Cortland Sutton just screwed you over this week. And he's been doing it the past few weeks, too, just because this offense is that bad. I don't blame Sutton. He got injured, and the offense is terrible. But, you know, not a good look. If you have any Broncos players, you're you're hurting. Lamar Jackson, he left the game with a knee injury. He could miss time. It's not a season-ending injury. Maybe a PCL. We haven't heard any details on that just yet. Uh, but Tyler Huntley came in. He completed 27 of 32 passes, super efficient, um, against this Denver Broncos defense. Um, he also had 10 carries for 41 yards in the touchdown. He's worth a pickup. Super yeah. flex, two quarterback leagues. Just burn all your remaining fab on him, you know, especially if you need wins the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, we'll see how long Lamar is out for, but I'm assuming he's going to be out for a little bit. Um, hopefully we get some specifics at some point today in regular one quarterback leagues. He's also worth a wave wire pickup. You know, he'll, he'll probably be in my top 12, you know, quarterbacks for week 14 against Pittsburgh. You know, you know, he's, yeah. you saw, we did 27 or 32 passes against Denver. Like that's good. Yeah, that's good. He's, and then you're going to, uh, you're going to pick up another, He's so under, and we've been talking about him a lot, you know, this season. Just him, you know, we want to listen. We both love Lamar. We're both fans of Lamar, but like, yeah. we just, uh, we're just aware of how good Huntley can be, you know, in real life and for fantasy. So, um, you know, he's somebody that if you lost Lamar this week, he's the guy I'd be targeting. He could be one for one replacement for Lamar. And we've seen that. 16. And all the people who, all the people who have Justin Fields like you, on by this week as well. Like that's somebody that they should be targeting on waivers as well. Yeah. Except, um, I only have $8 of fab left. That's too bad. Anyway, <laughs> it comes, that's a story for another time. We, if I make the playoffs, you won't hear that story. But if I miss the playoffs, you'll hear, hear the story, um, on this podcast about my demise. But anyway, like I said, <laughs> story for a different time. Tyler Huntley though, definitely, like I said, he's a one for one replacement for Lamar in terms of production for fantasy. Yeah. I think you could say that too. I mean, look, he had the rushing upside, 41 carry, 41, not 41 carries, 41 yards on 10 carries and a touchdown on the ground to supplement really efficient passing. Like, that's all you're asking for out of this offense. And this is in its game where the, you know, Ravens didn't score until the last drive. And this is on like two minutes. Is that what it was? It, it was bad. Obviously, Denver's a good defense, but moving forward, you know, Tyler Huntley, he's, he's going to be a nice piece for you moving forward. He's just, I don't want to call him just as dynamic as Lamar, but he's very dynamic like Lamar. He's as close as you can get to Lamar in a backup in the league. And it's funny that the Ravens have two guys that can do pretty much the exact same thing. They don't have to change this offense at all. Tyler Huntley can run it. Um, we saw that on the last play where he ran in for the touchdown. It was a very Lamar-esque draw play for the quarterback. He, he looked great. So definitely pick him up. There's no reason to leave, leave him on the waivers. Um, especially, if you, like you said, if you're missing Justin Fields. But even if you have guys that just haven't been playing well recently and they have a low ceil- uh, what's called low ceiling, low floor, you know, just go get them. He has upside. He can be a top 12 play, um, regardless of who, you know, you might have on your team. Like Tom Brady, if I have Tom Brady, I'm going to get him. If I have, I don't know, I would say Jimmy Garoppolo, if he was still playing, I would say go get Tyler Huntley. But obviously he's not. Um, well, a lot, we'll talk a lot about of people, that later. 
Yeah, a lot of people had Jimmy G in two quarterback leagues in superflex leagues, and they, they were chilling with him yeah. as as their QB two. But now, yeah, he's another guy that a lot of people have to go after. By the way, if you have Mark Andrews, you kind of low key excited <laughs> for <laughs> for uh, for Tyler Huntley because if you look at the games, Adam Levitan uh, from Established to Run just posted about a couple hours ago. You know, it, we knew that Andrews, you know, was doing his thing with Huntley last season, but here are the game logs with. Tyler Huntley for Mark Andrews last year. Eight for 73, 11 for 115 and a touchdown, 10 for 136 and two touchdowns, six for 89, eight for 85, and then yesterday, four for 53. So, yeah, pretty good. So, you, might- you know, maybe, maybe, you know, for the next couple of games, if, 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 let's say Lamar is out for the next two, three games, it's possible that Mark Andrews ends up being a positive benefactor. From this, you know, from this injury. Yeah, we have a league winner at tight end, <laughs> and it's he's Mark Andrews. Doing, <laughs> yeah, he's been, he's been doing fine for you um, this season, anyway. You know, just compared to the rest of the field. But you know, you you haven't enjoyed the production like you have recently, um, or like you what you like to what you like to see recently from Mark Andrews. This could be a thing. We've seen odd things like this happen before. Like you said, Tyler Huntley would come in. And I think there are, like you said, even more stats than just that to back up that Tyler Huntley is a better quarterback for fantasy um, for Mark Andrews than Lamar Jackson. I, I forget what those numbers are, but I remember seeing that even last season. So it's pretty funny well, that we, that we posted Mark about it. Get a bump. Yeah, we posted we about it. Yeah, we did. And yeah, we did. It, it, it was one of my basis for not taking Mark Andrews in the second round. And yeah. I think that was the right decision. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense to take tight ends very high unless it's Travis Kelsey. And I, you know me, yeah. I was kind of just avoiding tight ends. I said, just take your shots on the back end coming in this season. Just take your shots on the back end of tight ends. Don't worry about it because nobody outside of Travis Kelsey, maybe Mark Andrews, is going to be you know a difference maker. Although I took a shot on Kyle Pitts, that that fell out for me. But regardless, tight end, it's just it's not a deep position at all. And like we said, with the way we've seen injuries, you know, thin them out. Um, it's funny we. We shouldn't be taking Mark Andrews that high. I don't think that no, it's called going to the next year either. I think tight ends, we're going to see them, their stock in drafts next season just kind of fall completely off unless Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is going to stay in the top round, the uh, round one. Yeah. yeah it's, I'm really curious to see what the market, how the market reacts to this season because it's been a bad year for tight ends. Um, it, you know, that Baltimore backfield though, like, Yeah, like Drake had seven carries. (laughs) Gus Edwards had six. You know, you can't trust anybody right now in that backfield. It's possible we see J.K. Dobbins back this upcoming week. But even him, like, I'm going to be avoiding this whole backfield, including Dobbins, including Edwards, including everybody. I would give Dobbins benefit of the doubt. That's just me, just to see what he can do. You would start him? Like, where would you have him? Oh, I'm not saying saying I would start him over guys. Like, you know, if you have guys that are doing well for you, I'm not sure I'd even start him over Jeff Wilson. But – We'll see. <laughs> I think J.K. Dobbins is the most talented by far in this backfield. You know, obviously he's dealt with injuries. And sure. That's kind, of, that's kind of hurt him. But I'm not sure the usage is going to be there either. If you're in a bad spot, I would see maybe starting J.K. Dobbins just as a, you know, upside play. But, you know, Justice Hill, sure. he, shouldn't, he shouldn't be getting touches with Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins there. I'd argue Kenyon Drake shouldn't be getting touches as many as he did even last week, even though it was only seven carries on the ground. With J.K. Dobbins back, so I think J.K. Dobbins, you can shoot, you could th- shoot your shot, throw a dart at J.K. Dobbins next week if you're in a bad spot. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't have 
too my, I wouldn't set my expectations too high for him. But I wouldn't just you know like count him out because J.K. Dobbins he, he's a good running back and a good running scheme. I, I think he can do all right. We've seen this backfield do too many like re- crazy things. I can't I can't deal with it. Not week fourteen. Not week fourteen. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. I'm not but, putting my playoff hopes on the line. I'd rather take my shot elsewhere. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, no, I get it. Let's see. Let's sometimes see if he practices comes, this week. And, sometimes that's what it comes Yeah, down. sometimes it is what it is. Like, you know, if you're desperate, you flex spot, and you, you're like, all right, well, I need some upside. I get it. He could get two goal and touchdowns. You never know. Yeah. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 